What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. October 14th, 2015, October 142015. Now, today I want to talk about comedy and HR. HR is human resources for the people who don't know. Comedy and HR. Many years ago, I'm going to take you back, way back. Many years ago, I was in a convenience store, and I was standing in line at the cash register to check out, right? And I saw a tabloid in the stand there with the headline, Hitler Dead at 97. (laughs) I had a laugh. I'm still laughing. And I had to buy it as well. I think the paper was called World Weekly News. And I started buying it every single week. And I would cut it up (laughs) and paste the best articles onto sheets of paper and copy them and hand them out in my office, which was in the office tower just above the store. I thought it was hilarious. And on my Facebook group, so many years later, I still try to be a little funny. For instance, one of the thought leaders recently posted an article on Facebook about Deloitte in the UK over in England. Apparently, Deloitte is no longer going to look at which school you went to when it hires. But the article didn't say that this is because kids from low-profile schools who get high grades are overlooked in favor of kids who go to expensive schools, but, you know, might get lower grades? No. It said, this is the lead-off, it said less intelligent children (laughs) from wealthy families who get low grades earn more money than these other kids. I thought this was a surprisingly blunt attack on rich kids. So I wanted to make that clear, because I don't think they would have used that kind of language about poor children. So I wrote a little parody. I linked to the article, but I wrote a little parody as an introduction. My title was, Deloitte Wants to Hire Poor People. And I turned less intelligent children into (laughs) dim-witted rich kids. I I thought it was funny and meaningful. But it it made that thought leader mad. He got mad at me. He didn't get the joke. And that's normal for HR people. And here's why. Because they are idealists. They want everyone to be happy. But that means that they have to control conflict. And that limits the kind of humor they appreciate to kid stuff. Like, you know, what's black and white (laughs) and red all over? Because most adult humor is based on ridicule and exaggeration. And they don't like that. And I warn people who don't like it to stay away from me. But I also, here's my problem, I also like to acknowledge people when I use their content, and those two things don't mix. They don't go together because I end up acknowledging people who don't want to be associated with farce 
and satire. Now, I know most of you didn't take English, or most, maybe some of you did, but here's how Google defines farce. A farce is a comedy that entertains via situations that are highly exaggerated and improbable. And satire is literature in which the follies of individuals, corporations, government, or society in general are held up to ridicule. And remember, the Puritans in England, they shut down the theaters in London. It's true. And they're the guys, Plymouth Rock, and started burning witches. And now they're all in HR. But I know you know that. So, <laughs> Jerry, Jerry, can you tell us something? We don't know what show is this. This is the recruiting animal show. The recruiting animal. <laughs> Jerry, I thought oh you were going to show. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! That's a so that's a violation of our contract, right there, dude. No, no, no! You, you can't record this up. stuff. You show up. You got recordings of me doing that, <laughs> dude. That's misappropriation. I never know. If I am the creating right. artist of that. Yeah. Okay. Listen. Let's start again. Jerry, Jerry. No, 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 no! I can't. Well, then once, I'm gonna have to play the recording. Once a week. Tough All right, go ahead. No, go ahead. Tough guy. That was ridiculous. What show is this? The Recruiting Animal Man, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Much better than I mean, the one you were doing in real life. Your real no. life one today sucked. No, okay. man, you cut, dude. I had something special for the tail end of it planned. That's why I said I can't get into it. I don't How want to get into it. You all can't this. show up before five <laughs> seconds before the show starts. It drives me crazy. Okay. When when you only work three hours a day, every minute is absolutely precious. Yeah, isn't it the opposite way around when you work? 30 hours a day, every minute is precious. Let's not go there, okay? okay. Forget about right. it. Now, okay. we got a very special guest today, because we had our boss on the show a few months ago. I think you were, mm-hmm. you know, AWOL, as usual. Anyway, Probably at a customer meeting. Yeah, maybe you're on vacation for five Never. weeks. Okay, yeah. Anyway, her name is Caitlin Wilterdink. Wilterdink, okay? And you know what that came to mind for me? I had to ask myself, is she related to the Winklevoss brothers? You remember them? The Winklevoss Mm. brothers? Yeah, I do. No relation? Here you are. Here's Caitlin Wilterdink. Now, did you have trouble in school, Caitlin, with that last name? It's funny. Uh, I mean, it's kind of one. No, I I having trouble now with the first name? Caitlin. Did you used to be Bruce Wilterdink? There's no, no don't do that. What? Jerry, what? Hey, it had uh, to be asked, man. It had to be asked. Uh, before my, we my go, grandpa you know, asked before... the same thing when that news broke. Um, you know, no, I actually got in trouble in school for the way I looked. I got called cousin it in third grade. Oh, cousin it. Okay, awful. well, third grade. Uh, you must have had long hair. Anyway, look, I, I know something. I, I always wonder when I was looking at the Winklevoss brothers and your name. You know the 
English took America away from the Dutch, the same as they took Canada away from the French. But that war here in Canada, it's never ended. We're still fighting it every single day. But I've never noticed any liberation movements by Dutch Americans, and I'm wondering why. Were they just totally assimilated? Uh, I think we just don't care anymore. Okay. But is that why you said you're a big fan of FDR, which I assume means Roosevelt, because he's got a Dutch name like you? Uh, well, gosh, I'm, I'm giving away a lot about my background here, but I used to be very pro-union in college. Um, I liked FDR and Keynesian economics and all that stuff. Oh, my goodness. He helped me build my union, and he showed me how to talk. I could see he was a cripple, but he taught my soul to walk. What more? The world was lucky. To see him. There was a song about FDR. Yeah. Not, you know that one? And not only that, you know it? Yeah, I do, okay? Caitlin, do you know that song? I don't. I've never heard that. What is I that song? Uh, My version is by Bob Dylan. I think it was originally by Woody Guthrie. And let's move on to our song, Shake It Off. She's a Taylor Taylor Swift fan. Now, do you want to do just the chorus, or are we going to do the first verse? You you tell me. I'll I'll let you pick as long as there's music. I don't know if I could acapella this. Okay, you know what? We've done the chorus on this show before, so let's do the first verse, okay? We'll do it in three. One, two, three. I stay up too late. Got nothing on my brain. That's what people say. That's what people say. Yeah, I go on a date. Come on, louder. I can't make anyone stay with me. That's what people say. That's what people say. Okay, let's stop it there. You're not. Where's your soul? Where's that Dutch soul? Okay. Okay. Normally anyway. I do this at karaoke and I've had three okay. beers. Yeah. So Caitlin, it's a little early for Ka- that today. Caitlin Wilterdink. W I L T E R D I N K. Caitlin Wilterdink is the senior recruiter at Greenhouse.io. I usually don't like to mention people's companies in case the show doesn't go well, but they announced it on Twitter a few minutes ago. Greenhouse. Oh, no. Greenhouse is a recruiting software company. And the interesting thing about this software is that it guides the users through the recruiting process. Does that sound right to you, Caitlin? Is there anything I've left out? Um, no, I think you, you hit the nail on the head. That's a pretty good description. Okay, thank you. And what kind of people do you recruit primarily? Well, when I started, it was everybody because I was the first mm-hmm. internal recruiter. Um, yeah, so you're a generalist. Is that right? You're a generalist. Uh, I prefer tech recruiting, actually. Oh, but now you so now you're recruiting primarily software developers. Is that true? Yes. Okay. Why do you prefer tech? Uh, well, I think engineers are pretty interesting, um, and I can mm-hmm. usually get really good book recommendations from them. Yeah. And like what? They also like, are like what books? What books? Like what science books? fiction? Uh, yeah. Like um, one guy we hired here was a fan of Richard Dawkins, so we spent part of our interview talking about that, and I went and I bought a Richard Dawkins book. 
Uh huh. Okay, you know, I think there's a lot of religious people on this show, so you better play that down, okay? Now, look, it's a, it's a problem if a candidate has a, a three-day beard like Jason Statham. Is that an issue for you? No, they're not client-facing. I don't care. Neck, ta- don't neck tattoo? That. Neck tattoo? Neck tattoo? Yeah, again, like, it, you can cover it up. I think if they have, um, you know, face tattoo, that's drawing the line. But neck, neck tattoo, we can do it. Recruiter. What about a recruiter who has to meet people, people coming in from outside the company? Can a recruiter have a three-day beard, a male recruiter? Sure. Yes? That's okay with yeah. you? Totally okay. fine by me. Okay. Now, the basic uh, premise of your company is that corporate recruiting is a shambles, right? Your basic premise, tell me if it's true or not, is that companies stink at hiring. And actually... The principles of good hiring are well known. They've been published all over the place for a long time, but nobody does them. Nobody uses them. So they need a guide. Your company has to parent them and, and guide them through the recruiting process. Is that true or false? Um, well, I think it's, it's less about us being parents and more about us involving other people besides recruiters in the process. What does that mean? You know what? I just got to tell everybody, I'm not going to make a big stink about it, but she is on a cell phone, okay? And I if they complain about the sound, that's it. Go ahead. I won't I won't carry it further. Go ahead. Again, I'm going to interject. Most people do not have a landline, dude. Check your privilege. Okay. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Check your privilege. Yeah, okay, Jerry. Thanks. You're welcome. Check my privilege. Okay, go ahead, uh, Caitlin. Uh, did um, I did I describe no, it right? No, that's, that's okay. I can let me let me see if I can roll back in. Uh, so yeah, I mean we're not here to parent recruiters. I think recruiters generally know like how to do recruiting, right? It's not that hard. You find hundred people and you interview them, and then you eventually hire one. I think companies too often forget that it's not just recruiters that need to be involved in the process. You also have to involve your hiring managers, and there's no software out there that actually does that um and Gre- greenhouse does and i, I should mention i was okay, 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 greenhouse okay. what does that mean what yeah. does it mean involve the hiring managers because like my next question is what like what makes you guys i've i you know i've i've read a lot of your marketing stuff and you know your whole issue with your company the gap you're trying to fill is that companies don't know how to hire it's a really a horrendous situation that's what i get the message I get from your company. So I want to know, what's making it so bad? Is it the recruiters inside the corporations, or is it the managers undermining the recruiters? You tell me. Oh, I'm going to give you a, a bad answer here, but I think it's both, and it depends on the company you're in. Okay. How do the recruiters fail? Um, I think recruiters... Well, how do I answer this? I think you recruiters... know what? Maybe these aren't the questions I should be asking you. Maybe you just want to talk about recruiting and not about corporate recruiters in general, or you know what your company. Yeah, does like maybe to help. she's not in the sales department. Okay. 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 But you know, but Jerry, I wanted. We've been yep. hearing these stats that are very controversial. That fifty percent mm-hmm. of corporate recruiters don't know their employ- employment brand. Forty percent of them don't. Some know would even call that fifty percent dummies. Where do you, where's that statistic? Well, I'm not going to go there, but some people have said that. We got it from a thought leader, okay, who doesn't want her well, name mentioned in association with mine anymore, okay? Well, you just hired her at your company, okay? Is that a yeah. clue? Okay. 
But she doesn't want her name mentioned in association with mine. We recently broke up on social media over that. We don't have a social media relationship anymore, okay? Because okay, that person is now a full-time employee there? Yeah. She announced this at the uh, Glassdoor Employment Brand Summit, but when I repeated it and said, does that mean corporate recruiters are dumb? That was the end of us, okay? I just want you to You're know. You're not supposed to actually challenge anything a thought leader says, dude. You just go well, with it because that's what you go with. It. But you see, but the thing is, she's working with a company that I kind of got the impression was that it proves that corporate recruiters don't know what they're doing or they wouldn't need this software mm-hmm. to guide them through the process. Anyway, you know what? Let's let's just here's another question. Let's move on. You, let's move on. Do you follow the the greenhouse.io process or is there like daylight between, you know, the Caitlin recruiting process and the greenhouse process? Well, I don't I don't think they would have hired me if there was much difference between my process and theirs. Uh-huh. Um well, I I bought the product when I was at well, I didn't buy it. My company bought it, but I uh-huh. researched all the different ATSs out there and I picked greenhouse when I was at conductor and used it there, and the reason why I picked it is it did match up with my own process very closely. Okay, um, that's the answer to the question. i got to move on. I'm wrecking the show myself. Okay, Michael okay. Heller, I don't know if it's okay for me to mention people's names. He says that recruiting, this is what's hard about it. It's not hard to find candidates anymore. He says what's hard is having the conversation with the hiring manager about unrealistic requirements. Would you agree with him? Totally. That's why you have a kickoff meeting before you go out to the market and find people. What kind of meeting? Kickoff meeting. Okay, but are are the are the hiring managers unrealistic and hard to persuade? Is that the issue? Um, no, I think the issue is they just don't know what's out there, right? Like they they think they know what they need, but that might not exist in the market. It's my job to uh, educate them on that. Yeah, yeah. Is that happening in your company as well, even though, you know, everybody should know about recruiting there? Or, like, you know what? I got a feeling I'm doing something wrong. I'm going to – I'm not asking questions that are good for you. I'll go straight to your blog. You wrote an article about lateral recruiting people for lateral moves. I never really yeah. saw anyone talk about that before. You think it's possible for to, to recruit a person to a new company for a title that isn't any better than his or her own and no more money than they're earning right now. Is that true? Sure, it depends on the candidate and the position, though. You want to tell us a story? You want to tell us a story about when you did that? And just talk a little louder, okay? Pep it up. I have the phone right in front of my face. Put it inside Um, your mouth. It's a a six plus. I can't do that. Um, So last company, uh, I hired someone who was making about – 30k more um, at a bank, and he'd been working for a long time. Uh, really enjoyed what he was doing, but he also wanted to get out of banking and wanted to do a startup. And mm-hmm. he took a 30k pay cut and took a cut in title. He's now like since bumped himself back up um, to a director level, but he he wasn't taking the job to make more money. He was taking the job to uh, pursue, I guess. This sounds corny. To pursue a lifelong dream, like he'd never had a chance to work in a startup, and he really wanted to be part of that that growth. So it does okay, happen. How, how did you source that? Way. How did you source that fellow? Did you find him on LinkedIn? <laughs> I actually found him through an agency. Uh, oh, an agency. Okay. Now, how did the agency yeah. get you? See, I'm wondering why would anyone source someone like that? And as soon as they got them on the phone, and he said he's earning, you know, a hundred, and the the job only pays seventy, how would they pursue it? Or it sounds like so you don't have any experience recruiting, you know, source from scratch recruiting people for lateral moves. Should I move on? 
Like no, I was wondering. Going. Well, how do you engage I don't know someone? I mean, like, why would you even call someone who seems more senior than the position? Would you do that normally? Call how someone would you who know before you call, man. You know their profile. You must make in your day-to-day recruiting. Blow my mind, animal. Okay, Jerry. Uh, you know the guy. You know we get on the phone. The guy says I'm earning a hundred. The job's paying seventy. Do you think I've got half a chance to recruit the person? Not in my experience. Well, so so animal. Most times, what no, I do, but you guys try. What I do when I source, I I go out and I think I know how much somebody makes, right? Like I can take a guess based on candidates I've spoken to before. Like I kind of know what an engineer with a certain title at a bank is making. But yeah. I don't always know until I talk to them. So yeah. it's an educated guess, and then it's my job in that first call, if the person tells me what they're making, I'm like, you know what, you're super high. I need to go back to my hiring manager and discuss whether or not it makes sense for us to move forward. And in this particular case, what I did was I went to my hiring manager. The guy was a great candidate, and we said, you know what, let's keep going. Talked to the candidate, said, hey, like, we're not going to be able to pay you what you're making right now. Do you still want to pursue this? And he said, yes. So you have to give the person the chance to opt in. It's not my decision to say to them, you know, I'm not going to move forward with you because we can't pay you enough. I have to tell them what we're willing to pay and then let them make that decision. Okay. And how did the agency sell that candidate to you? I mean, <laughs> uh, Jerry, how would you? No, no, let me ask Jerry, the smart aleck first. Jerry, if you had someone who's $30,000 more than the job is paying, what would you say when you went to your – would you take the person in, your client, and what would you say? Well, it's hard, it's hard to say exactly what I'd say, but I'd, I'd say, hey, we've looked all over the place. Here's the guy that's qualified. Here's his salary. What do you think? Uh-huh. How did they do it with you, Caitlin? It was, it was the same thing, and that, that's great that Jerry would, would say that to me. Like That's what I expect from folks I work with in agency. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Does, does and just, there was. Does that just blow your mind, animal? That I well, introduced the person be, my customer's <laughs> looking for to him. <laughs> I thought wow. there might be. I thought there might be someone cheaper. It's not that often must you just go. Must be really different in Canada. Hey. It's not okay. There's a lot of people on the line. Can some recruiters help me here? Uh, does anybody else think it would be hard to go in with a? Uh, show, show them a, what's available for the prices that they're asking, and then show them what they can get for a higher price. It's uh-huh. not rocket science. And to go one step further with what we're discussing, just ask the candidate, are there other things besides money that are important to you? Yeah. Are there other ways we match up that makes this worth it for you? And then you've Look got a conversation. That's when you can sell. Then also, you, also Alejandro. Wall Street or whatever. Alex, are we also trying to pay attention to, hey, where are we in the search? Did we just get started? Am, if I just get off the phone with my customer who's looking for an $80,000 a year targeted DBA, and I've got one highly overpaid DBA at 115000 do I immediately say, hey, well, here's your guy? Or do I try to find somebody that aligns with their criteria? And then after I've exhausted that, have I started opening their mind to the possibility that, hey, people are outside of the – salary range, but they're right on with the skill set that we're looking for, what should I do with those people? And is that part of your process? Come on, animal! God! Okay. I'm pissed off. I think Caitlin's talking. We just can't hear her, okay? Oh, she must oh, be on the cell phone. Yeah. I'm on the cell phone, yes. Um, if the candidate matches the job spec, I want to see them. I, uh-huh. I don't necessarily know the market 
value of a candidate, right? Uh-huh. And one of the good things about agencies is that they can actually give me market data. I might have completely incorrect salary bands for candidates, and oh, if the agency shows up. me, what's that? We just make that up. You make it well, yeah. You guys want to get paid more money, but, uh, but you know that's one of the reasons why I think it, it's good to, to use agencies sometimes. Is I might have a really bad understanding of what the market's paying these candidates. You guys can show me that. Okay, but I figured so if age you're specializing, plays a part in it too. What? Age Jim? plays a part in it too. Yeah, I, I've been you know I'm getting older myself, animal, and the more and more folks I talk to my age, there are a lot of people that take cuts in pay to get into a different industry, a rising industry, just out of a bad situation, they get it because they know they can work their way up. But it's pretty regular to have someone go at the same salary or less. Rising stars get promotions. Not everybody else gets promotions and raises. I think uh, Alejandro actually got someone to take $100,000 less recently. Am I right about that, Alex? Oh, my gosh. Not recently. This is almost a year ago now. But, yes. Uh $100,000. What was the role? Happens all the time. well, the idea was we were getting him into the C-level. So he's never going to be the CEO. The argument I presented was you're never going to be the CEO where you're working. But now you're on path. Now you're in with the in crowd, so to speak, and that was worth it for him. You exactly. Know, he, and how's he, how's he doing? Is he doing well in his job? He's probably going to take his boss's job in a couple of months. That's good. Yeah, he's killing it. They love him. Okay, here's another question. A different. You were at a company called Schweikler, Price, Malarkey, and Barry. Great name. It was a retained search firm, and it sounds like they placed high-level people like Alejandro was just talking about. Yes or no? Yes. Okay. And so you said on LinkedIn that you, in addition to using LinkedIn, you did sourcing on CapIQ and other online databases. I have never used CapIQ, and I don't know what those other online databases are. Uh, can you tell us something about the way you sourced? Oh, Lord, that was a long time ago. Um, I hate it. when I remember what I did. <laughs> All these recruiters come on and say, hey, I've got amnesia. That was last year. I don't believe it. All right, all right, hold on. So um, what, I, what I used to do, this was the, the premise of how we recruited there, is we would create target lists. So we would look at the company that we were trying to recruit for, and let's say it was a Series B company with 50 people working there, and their target revenue for the next year was like $25 million, and they were now at $5 million. So what we'd do is we would go out and use CapIQ to figure out companies that had that same growth trajectory and find the people that led divisions or led companies that had done that ramp before. And that, those were the people that we would target. So it was mostly a way for us to come up with companies to poach from rather than a why way Cap, to actually why find Cap, Why was CapIQ, like you didn't say Hoover's, why was CapIQ the one that, did it give the best company information? Is that is that why you used that one? Um, It was the one they paid for, so I got a license. Okay. Okay. Online database. Like 20, 25 years old. I did what I was told back then. Yeah, okay. So you don't remember what other online databases you used that we might not be aware of. Am I right about that? No, I can go through some of the free ones. Crunchbase. Yeah. Crunchbase Please. is a great tool. Crunchbase? Mm-hmm. Um, uh-huh. Have you heard of Intello? Intello? That's not free. No, it's not. It's like 5 k a year, but it's actually one of the best spends that I've had. Um, I've used it at Conductor and here. Uh-huh. Um, let me see. Crunchbase. I used to do a lot of uh, research on Thomson uh, Reuters uh, to figure out 
um, which companies are getting acquired and sold, because that's usually a good uh, indicator of talent flight. Um, LinkedIn, I mean, yeah, I use the the paid version. Um, I think we did actually use Hoover's, but I never got super familiar with it. Okay. You know, because Dave Ballard said that at MicroEdge, you did a great job of sourcing candidates in a difficult environment that mandated an extremely narrow profile of qualifications. What did he mean by that exactly? Or maybe it slipped your memory, even though someone else uh, it, well, you know, said it was a noteworthy accomplishment of yours. No, I remember MicroEdge. Uh, so MicroEdge, um, we gave everyone who applied an aptitude test. Um, it was a hard test to pass. So, and this is why I'm, I'm not a big believer in GPAs. I'd see these great candidates from, like, MIT with 4.0 GPAs, and they would bomb this test. And anyone who didn't do well on the test, I couldn't talk to. So I think the pass rate for this thing um, was, like, 3% or something like that, some crazy percentage. Um, and I had to hire those people, and um, they paid back then below market. So I not only had to convince people to take a two-hour test before they even talked to hiring managers, um, they also didn't pay people super well. Now, granted, I don't know if they've changed their policies. Um, they might have since I left, but that was the purview that I had when I was first. Jeez, that recruiting. sounds crazy to me. Three percent passed. Does any are there any recruiters online who would actually go into that situation where you had to get people to take a two-hour test and you knew that ninety-seven percent of them were going to flunk? That sounds impossible. It was good experience. It was my first recruiting job. Pardon me? Who said something? Is it 97 people would fail out of 100? Or is it that, yeah. whole, oh, we only hired the top 3%? Um, the, That's a good question. Because yeah, I always hear people go, we're so selective, we hire 3%, but every company on the planet hires that because there's so many bad resumes if you post a, a job. So they, they often yeah. fool themselves into thinking that they're being selective. So the the qualifications would vary, right? So, and I, I can't, I mean, it's, it's I think the, the test is trademarked, so I can't give out too much information, but um, what we were looking for, uh, the test like profile that we got at the end of someone taking it varied based on the job. So with engineers, because they're the ones who are coding the software, right, the qualifications were a little bit uh, steeper. And then for salespeople, we were looking for a different set of skills. So in 3%, I don't think that's accurate. Like I'm just throwing that out there. It was probably a little bit higher, but let's just say like very few people passed the test. Okay. Okay. Enough of that. I, I had a situation similar to that too. I was working with a uh, group at one of the banks that had a very elite coding team. And the sell was, if you take this test, people on the street know what, what the contents of the tests are. I'll get you a job anywhere. Uh, you know, that's how I would sell people taking it. And it, it wasn't, I didn't get a lot of pushback. You know, people would take a crack at it. They didn't have anything to lose. Okay. Yeah, they got two hours to lose. Some of them don't want to talk to you for five minutes. Okay. Anyway, you were at this Schweikler Price Malarkey. I, I'd have a hard time taking any company, any company that where the title is Malarkey. I have trouble taking it seriously. Okay. Anyway, yeah. they're a retained search firm. Obviously, they're placing um, uh, high-level people. The fees must be quite large. You're starting at the ground floor. You're a smart person. Uh, you're very successful now. So I assume you could have been successful there, making big bucks. Why did you leave? that environment to go to uh, an in-house role in a startup? 
Um, part of it was personal reason. I underestimated my folks live in upstate New York and they're getting older and I underestimated um, how much distance I would want between them and me. Uh, New York is, is just enough. I can be like six hours away from them and see them, you know, often, but, um, you know, six hours by plane was a big deal. Uh, and then I just figured out agency wasn't for me. I like in-house much better. I like working for startups and building companies inside. Um, it was great experience. Wanted to try it out, but you know, didn't didn't work out for me. Okay. Do you think you could have made three to five hundred thousand dollars a year personally if you would have stayed? Uh, maybe. Never say never. Okay. No. No. So it's not unreasonable to to say that. Am I right or wrong? Like what what would have been sure. your target income at this point if you would have stayed there? Oh God. Uh, I I honestly don't know. Probably okay. like okay. You said you here. like you you like in house and you like startups better. How come? What is it you like about them better? Is that a hard um, question? You told me. You told me it should shouldn't be hard for you to answer. Give me an answer. Yeah, I'll give you an answer. So I think. Uh, it was, it was really satisfying. Um, and by the way, I want to commend you for being a good daughter. When I, you know, when I remember when I was a teenager, I used to hear all these things, oh, oh, you know, uh, people are terrible. They just throw their old parents in these old folks' homes. And I remember there was a, a song about it by Janice Ian, you know, send your parents to crazy acres or shady acres or something like that. And so I was a kid saying, is that what people are really like? They don't care about their parents? It's not true it's not true when they say oh all north americans all western people only care about themselves they're so materialistic they don't care about their parents this young woman gave up a job so she could be closer to her parents okay i just want to make that clear go ahead please well remember i haven't said that i i am hosting them in my home i might still put them in an old folks home but they got about 10 years to go before that so I'll I'll be closer to them, but who knows what's going to happen down the road. Um, hopefully they're not listening to this. You're uh, very modest. You're very modest. Okay, <laughs> after I give you that bill up. <laughs> Go ahead. Why do you want to work in an in-house startup? What's so much better than, than in, a, in an agency, a, a high-level, big-money agency? Um, you know, I, I think, like, there, there's two things. Well, there, there's two instances where I've been really happy with my decision. One of those was, my last week at Conductor before I left and came to Greenhouse, we had a big C3 conference. It's something they do every year. And I stuck up on stage, I looked at the crowd, and I saw how many people I'd hired. And that was really satisfying. And the people I'd hired helped build this entire company and grow the company from point A to point B. You don't get that type of experience in an agency. Like, I don't think you do. And the, the same thing has happened here at Greenhouse. Every time we have an all-hands meeting, I try to sneak up on stage and, like, take a picture. And, you know, I was employee number 42. We now have 143 employees. Like, I've hired 100 people since I've been here, which is insane. Uh-huh. Is that, like, your Napoleon uh, complex, or is that your maternal instinct? Those are my kids down there, okay? I want everyone to know. Uh, I just, I won't brag, but I want, <laughs> I feel good about that, okay? it. It's probably a mix of both. I'll admit okay. Okay, now this guy Jacob Matson, I, I I have to acknowledge people, but it gets me into trouble all the time. He said today on my Facebook group that agency recruiters are never given access to the whole story, to the you know real you know structure of the company, their setup. He said, and subsequently they can only be transactional. Corporate recruiters have access if you know things go well to all areas of the company. They understand the culture inside out, and they know what to say 
and what not to say to the candidates. Would you agree with his, his take on that? Yeah, sure. That's it? I'm, I'm guessing you don't want to elaborate? I mean, am, I, am I asking you no know, yes or no <laughs> questions, or are I asking open-ended questions that invite you to elaborate? You want to, You can say yes or no. Move on. You know that's good. Uh, just to say, interject, I th- I think this is a good a good um, example as to why you might consider the half hour or forty five minute show. I'm fading out. It's twelve thirty five. What should I be asking her? What should I be asking? No, I don't know yet. I I'm not well, a animal, famous blog talk radio host. Question. I wouldn't know. Okay. Oh, Maybe Esther, your question, question wasn't that good. Okay, you know, God forbid, I'll tell you, when I go on these interviews, I prepare a bunch of questions ahead of time. And so when the person asks a question mm-hmm. that I can't answer, I'll say, why don't you ask me this question? Or I'm going to mm-hmm. answer, I'm going to answer. You running for office? <laughs> you know what? Oh, God. <laughs> I got to tell you, if you're spotlighted on, if you're spotlighted on a show like this, you know, why not make it good? I mean, why not take a few make minutes and say, well, this is what I'm good at answering. I'm going to help the host since he pleads with people on the show prep page to do that. Okay. Well, here, right, what, so does, animal, what does your calls call? You what what does me, your calls call? Oh, you want to, you want, you got your own questions now? You no, ask me the question again. Let's see how I do it. Okay. No, 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 no. Let's move on. Jerry said, "Move on." Best way to make okay. first contact with candidates: phone, email, text. What's what's the, what, how do you use it? Uh, I hate calling candidates as a first contact. I always do email. Email. What do you say in it? Depends on the candidate. Um, if it's what? an engine, well, actually, no. Let me let me retract that. Um, Every candidate that I reach out to, I try to reference something personal. So you can't just say, like, I looked at your LinkedIn profile. It's pretty boring. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we use we use tools to cross-reference social media information about candidates. Like so what? Like what blog, tools? Like what tools? Do you know? Uh, Intello, uh, Reportive, we use Stack Overflow here, um, a bunch of stuff. I'll, okay. I'll do a Boolean search and, like, see if they have a blog. Uh-huh. It, you have to you have to reference something other than their LinkedIn profile. So uh-huh. I usually start with a couple sentences saying like, hey, I really liked your uh, animal. I really liked your blog post last week about XYZ thing. And, um, or I listened to the Matt Charney episode, which is really funny. Uh, so I can't believe you don't know who Lyft is. Uh, that would be something that I might add into a, a recruiting email. Um, and then you follow up with some information about the company, a couple links, and let them know why you think they're a good fit for the job. Okay. How much time do you spend uh, on personalizing that email? Uh, a lot. Um, I'm still working on ways to make outreach by email easier and faster. I uh, haven't figured that out yet. Uh, I think the last time I sat down and actually did a bunch of sourcing, I did for three hours, and I found 20 people, um, and I wrote maybe 10 emails. So I didn't even get through that list of 20 people. These were, these were high-level engineers for a senior position, so I was trying to spend more time but it, it's very time-consuming the way I do it. And, and it should be. I think that the closer your email looks to be a cut and paste, the less they're going to regard it. The more time you take and say, hey, Sam, let me tell you about X, Y, and Z, blah, blah, really get in-depth with it, chances are they're going to reply to that. If you cut and paste a, you're a great fit for an opportunity, I want to connect and see if we can discuss your career, you get no replies from that crap. Jeremy, Jerry, you Animal. told us. What? Yes. You've told us 
that you don't like to give too much information until you actually have Dude, I am sick and tired of you <laughs> having some – I'm not running for office. What is that? Catch me in some trick bag. Uh, uh, 13 years ago, you said X, and now you're saying X plus Y. Hey, maybe I did. Maybe I did. That's not what I'm saying right now, is it? Well, you shocked me because here's you said the deal. You're making you're you're referencing a time many years ago. I said, do not say the name of your company, what the salary is, and give them everything they need to know about the job to decide whether they want to connect back with you or not. Give them enough personal, inviting information for them to follow up with you. That's always been my policy. That hasn't changed. Stop trying to catch me. Or I'm going to quit this show. I'm sick of this. Hey, you know what? You're blowing my mind. You're making me the bad guy when this is the exact opposite. It's of about time the truth okay. came out. We're sick of your approach and your general... You're sandbagging all this stuff, and it's finally blowing up on you. Yeah, right. Okay. I'm sick you're of it. Join those HR guys. Yeah. I am, I am an HR guy. So you don't hey, believe that. Caitlin, you don't believe in, in uh, email heart. blasts, like Jerry was saying. You would never send out a batch. Is that right? <clears throat> uh, it depends. I've done it with uh, college graduates before. It's, it's, You're a dime a dozen, so go ahead. Yeah. you got to yeah, sort through the masses. A, yeah. So, I mean, college grads, like, they're just starting their job search. They don't really – I don't think they expect to get the super They don't deserve email. personal treatment. <laughs> Frankly, I don't know. They but, they owe one hundred fifty thousand bucks for their degree. They better uh, answer your email, or they're going to get a spanking from mom and dad. You know, yeah, you know Jerry, Jerry reminds me of Johnny Drama. Now I got to type and watch an Entourage. There you go. Okay. Uh, anyway, uh, that's a great show. I, I've never seen that show. <laughs> that awesome. show? It's the best. Fantastic. Oh, okay. okay. Listen. Listen. Yishan Wong. Do you know who Yishan... Does anyone, hold on. There's a lot of people on the line. And I understand she's got her boss listening to her on this. Ooh. I would be nervous, oh, too. No. Okay. I'd like to redact half of what I've said then. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> so look. So look. But, you know, there's a lot of people on the line. Does anybody else want to ask some questions? It's okay with me. Uh, go ahead. There's a lot of people. Go ahead. Speak up. Ten. Nine. Eight. <sighs> Nobody wants to ask anything. It's all on me. Okay. It's all You're the host, me. Man. Okay. Well, I guess I, I've got a question for, I don't know if Jerry Wall's on the phone, but I'm wondering what was outdated about my LinkedIn profile. What? You, you, I don't know, but somebody thought that you didn't put, first of all, I thought that maybe you didn't put your current job there. Then when I looked and saw it was there, I thought, well, maybe you didn't really say very much about it because you didn't. <laughs> you just described what the company does. Okay. Yeah, so. well. I don't, I your your LinkedIn like, profile is on the light side. I would say it's on the light side. Okay. There yeah, I know it is. Okay. I don't, Does I don't it make put a difference? lot of information up there. Okay. Why? Um, I don't. I'm not trying to get recruited. And uh-huh. yeah, I exactly. Well, I don't See, need people to know about me. A, a, animal animal about assumes that everybody needs to have these recruitable profiles on LinkedIn. It's not a job board animal. It's a professional. Network, dude. Oh, yeah, sorry. Okay. Have you heard of Yishan Wong? Do you know who he is? Uh, can you spell the first name? It's, it's Chinese, okay, so don't worry about okay. it. This guy Great. was the CEO of Reddit. 
you can either think that he got fired or that they parted ways uh, amicably. He writes a lot on Quora about hiring engineers, and he said, don't rely on your internal HR staff to source top-tier engineers for you. They're good at sourcing mediocre programmers. The best engineers are typically not accessible to them, okay? Nor are they able to properly identify one when they come across them by accident. I like it. What do you think about that? Well, I don't think he's met any good tech recruiters. Uh, <laughs> I mean, te- technical recruiting is rocket science. Well, here, here's how you make a good technical recruiter. You have to immerse yourself with a tech team. Um, my, my technical recruiter, Lauren, she'd never done tech recruiting before joining Greenhouse. She gets on the phone with candidates, and they're like, oh, you're not an engineer? I can't believe it. And that's because she spent hours learning about this stuff and hours talking to the tech team. Like, there, there's really no hours. excuse. Hours. That's practically a lifetime. Yeah, 10,000 I mean, hours. It really is. Look, look uh, uh, Caitlin, <laughs> you said that you wish you would have taken some computer science courses in uh, college, okay? And so I assume that means that when you became a recruiter, you didn't know the first thing about tech. And now you're, you know, you're a tech specialist. Um, How does that work? I mean, uh, we always hear that these tech, you know, these engineers, they do not respect people who don't know what they know. And then I see some people say, yeah, but you've got to approach them properly, make technical questions the first thing you ask them, and that will establish some rapport and, you know, show that you've got some uh, know-how. What's the story with taking someone like you and matching them up with people who are heavily tech and letting you recruit them? What's, how does that work? Well, so, I mean, here, here's the thing, right? Like, if I, if I had to, I could sit down and program a for loop, um, that's not going to tell an engineering candidate anything about the company. My, my responsibility is I need to learn about the technical challenges. I definitely need to know the tech stack. And as long as I can communicate what the engineer will actually be doing here and what problems he or she is going to solve, then I've done my job. They don't care if I know how to like actually do the software myself. That is a fantastic answer. Thank you. That's your best answer it. so far today. Okay. I appreciate that. That's yeah. Just perspective. Okay. Anybody else want to add to that? Anybody else want to comment? Anybody else got something to say? I don't want everybody at the show at the end of the show say he asked the most crappy questions. I could have done better if I didn't even know who was the guest. What? We could say that at the beginning of the show because we can <laughs> we can we can guess the future. Look. Look, I give everybody on the line a million opportunities. You got a good question? Ask it. You know, it's a participatory democracy here. Don't whine after that I didn't ask the right things. I'm opening all the lines now. Some new people called in. If you got a question, I think they're scared ask of it. you. Why would they be afraid of me? Jerry's not afraid. Alex isn't afraid. Michael Cox isn't afraid. Jim isn't afraid. Okay. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, here, here's the deal. People, Are you afraid yes, of me? Are you afraid of me? Shaking my boots right now. Yes, I'm terrified. <laughs> so here's the deal. People aren't doctors, but they make decisions on the doctors that they want to see every day. How do they do that? They're not qualified to discuss medical well, topics with them, right? They're not technicians not at that level. Okay. It's yeah, terrible. You got to make decisions, and you got to have discernment, and you got to know how to ask questions to suss out what this person's expertise is. You learn how to do that. You learn how to ask relevant questions. 
But we keep hearing, uh, Alejandro, that they hate recruiters. I just saw at the Talent Connect conference, somebody put in, there's a picture they posted from Google, the word recruiters, and you leave a space, and recruiters are awful. Recruiters are dumb. That's recruiters wonderful. Are, then know, why do we still exist? Yeah, okay, but silly. the thing is, yeah, the thing is, if they're that bad and these techies don't want to talk to them, how do you, you know, build a re- proper rapport? Especially they don't like people who, you know, don't like technical info. I'm, re- I'm ready to move on. Caitlin, there's not much time left, actually. We're having so much fun. Oh, wow. Do you ask the greatest weakness question? I hate like, that question. Well, you don't use it then, right? It's, uh, well, if someone asked me that, I'd come up with some, like, just non- original answer about how I have a hard time prioritizing and like that's my greatest weakness doesn't tell me anything about whether I can do the job or not I I have a hard time managing my priorities I'm still pretty good at my job at least I think you know what if someone tells me that they have a hard time managing their priorities I'd say that's a pretty serious problem and I might knock them out on it if somebody else Hmm. doesn't have that problem what if you have no priorities (laughs) let alone know how to manage them Okay, well, uh, not everybody is leading the life of Riley like you, Jerry. Okay, uh, that's not what I'm. That wasn't about me, dude. I, I'm sorry. Hey, I have here. a question for you. Go ahead. Who, who this is it? Trevor? Hi, Trevor. First Trevor. time calling in. Hey, Caitlin, yeah. I've, well, I've recently Smith, made the Trevor Max Smith. Trevor Max Smith. That's me, animal. Hey, hey, let him talk. Okay, shoot. <laughs> Go I, ahead. Hi, Trevor. What's up? I I can't I can't make the internet work so I have to call in. So here's my question. I've recently made the transition as well from agency to corporate and I am so amused and entertained and I want to get your take on this. Why is it that third party or agency mm. recruiters and corporate recruiters just can't get along? You know what? You've been can on I, both sides. Why can do we I make add fun to that? Can I add to that? I wanted, I wanted to answer that, but I want to say, first of all, that this guy put a recommendation, an oddball recruiter, put an, a recommendation on Caitlin's John LinkedIn Keenan. profile. Pardon me? John Keenan's great. Who? John Keenan. John Keenan, that's right. And Never he heard. said, he said, when Caitlin first came aboard this company, I I didn't like it at all. I thought, because he's an external recruiter, and he said he used to have direct contact with the uh, hiring managers at this client company. All of a sudden, this uh, Dutch-American girl in there, and uh, <laughs> I was a joke. Bad Heaven forbid what? Okay. Anyway, and, and so he didn't. he wasn't happy about that, but he said it worked way better with her inside than without her, okay? I was shocked when I when I read that. So uh, you can answer uh, Trevor's question, and, and, and that's make- coming that's coming from a procurer of awesomeness. Yeah, he does <laughs> find really good tech candidates. He's good. That's his, um, that's his title, by the way, a procurer of awesomeness. That's his title on LinkedIn. He's a recruiter. Go ahead, Kate, please. So I think. The way the way I work with agencies, and I don't always get this right, but yeah, you know, I've done it before, and I know it's really hard. And like, I want you guys to send me agency people to send me like good quality candidates, not quantity candidates. So I set expectations up front about how often or how quickly I'm going to give them feedback and what my expectations are, and then I stick to those. And if I don't, 
I give the agency recruiter my cell phone number and say, call me out. You know, if I told you I'd give you feedback in 12 hours and it's been 14, like text me and I'll get back to you. Um, so I think with agency, why, why don't I like agencies? Um, I don't like agencies that send me candidates that aren't a fit. I don't like agencies that go directly to my hiring manager instead of working with me. Um, agencies don't like me because they think I'm a blocker to their process when really we should be working together. Yeah, but how could you be why how were maybe this is a lesson that you could teach these other internal recruiters. Why would a guy who seems quite blunt and cranky like this fellow you just mentioned, uh how, why would he be happier with you on the inside? Caitlin demonstrated well, say what, Caitlin demonstrated how much a great internal resource adds to the process. She was able to get candidates in front of hiring managers in a timely fashion and made sure that Conductor, that's the company she was with, was seen in a positive light. So she sold the company very well to the candidates. How come? How do you do that? Why was he was shocked? He thought you were going to be yeah. a deficit and you were, you know, an asset. Well, so it started, and this this was pre, pre-Greenhouse, so we didn't have a great applicant tracking system, um, but I came in, and from day one I told John, I was like, don't send a hiring manager as a resume, send me the resume. And I'd look at it, and if the person was good, I'd walk over to the hiring manager's desk and say, hey, this is an agency candidate. John has this candidate in front of six other people. I've talked to the person. We should move quickly. And me standing in front of the hiring manager physically helped us move faster with that candidate. Um, So by eliminating the hiring manager out of the first part of that process, I was able to get those folks uh, moving much faster. Okay, hold on a second. Wait, 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 wait. If it's that simple, why do people ever complain about these uh, middlemen or women? Um, well, I, I gave you two complaints already. I mean, I, it drives me bananas when high, when agency recruiters don't email Well, so it's me. all the fault of the agency. That's your it, answer. It, it could be half of the time, Animal. A lot of recruiters just are just lame. They're not personable. They, they're yeah. salesy jerks. Jerry. They're dickwads. Jerry. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't do work with a lot of the recruiters that I know of. Yeah, but they Jerry, I remember they're idiots. I'd fire them. I remember you complaining about this yourself within the last year, okay? Of what? That, you know, the HR person imposed herself between you and the hiring manager. Wasn't that you? And we, there was no. a term that for I the, beat. For the most, hold on a second. For the most part, I have great relationships with HR people. I sort out the relationships that I work well with. And if there's a place where there's a, an internal person that's either been moved into that role or I bump into them along the way, I have a decision to make. Do I want to work this way? And if so, be the best at it. Or do I not want to work that way and move on? Okay. I've Trevor, you, surprisingly yeah, made fantastic choices year in, year out, and I'm on top. You're the hell out of me, and there's only a few minutes left. So I'm going to ask Trevor if he's got something. Making way too much sense. He, if he I wants know. to add I'm, Caitlin, I'm thinking about having my own show. Wednesday. Well, it's coming up. It's coming Trevor, up. Did that, did that answer your question? No, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it did partially. And, yeah, okay. and honestly, Animal Jerry answered it partially as well. There are good recruiters and bad recruiters on both sides. It's just it's ridiculous sometimes that we stereotype all corporate recruiters as one thing and all agency recruiters as another. Uh, can, can, I, can, I, can I interject something? No. This will be 60 seconds of your last five minutes here. Uh-oh. Uh, people call me all the time, recruiters. I, I have a 
RecruitingLibrary.com. It's like free recruiting agreements and forms and stuff. From that, people call me a lot. A guy was thinking about getting back into recruiting. He, he's been out of it for like, I think he said 12 or 13 years. His first question was, do we still go around the personnel department? And I said, well, <laughs> we haven't called personnel for 15 years, so you've probably been out of it longer <laughs> than that. Secondly, start going around people is the quickest way to not get a fee. Find an ally, whoever that might be, make a commitment, and do whatever your half of the commitment is. It's not that hard, man. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I remember agree with experience. That. I remember an experience I had and you might remember it, Jerry. I'm uh, I'm the VP uh okay, well, foisted me onto uh onto some internal recruiter who never returned my calls. I never had any but that's another story. We got just a few minutes left. Counter offers. Are you one of these people who say they're always bad or is it an indication that the company really likes you and wants to hire you? And how do you deal with that? You're asking me, Animal, or are you asking Jerry? Are you the guest? You're not asking me. I'm not a guest. Are you I'm, the guest? <laughs> I'm only just tell half Jerry, owner of the, the show. Sorry. Uh, okay, all right. So um, I, I <laughs> counter offers. Um, I, well, I, I hate it when my candidates get them um, and when my candidates consider them. I think counter offers are always a bad bad decision. Um, Why? And it, Why? Because, I mean, my my view is if the company is so desperate to keep you, they should have thought about that six months ago when you started to be unhappy. Nobody does. They just don't. That's just the way it is. They Isn't don't. that what we've all been telling ourselves, though, Caitlin, really? All from years and years ago? Isn't this a mantra that we came up with as recruiters to convince candidates to not even consider a counteroffer? I mean, I've I've experienced that myself. I've I've stayed at jobs before from a counter offer, and you know I stayed because I felt bad about leaving. Um, and what ended up happening was the the issues that led me to consider leaving in the first place didn't get fixed. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm speaking from personal experience. Okay. Cool. Well, not cool. Uh-huh. Okay. But Last here's, here's the minutes. thing, right? When when I get well, I'll make this one point. When I get a candidate who says I'm going to take a counter offer. They always list these things. They have this great discussion with their hiring manager or their CEO, and then all of the promises that they that they make are never put in writing. The person might get more money if they're promising to fix X Y Z problem. That that's never in writing. If you don't have something in writing, it's not a true. It's not really not a true offer. Um, so that's usually what I ask the candidate is, well, did they actually put this promise in writing? And the answer is always no. Uh-huh. Okay. From the Talent Connect, this is hot off the hot off the stove or whatever you want to call it, the conference. They said there's a lot of talk here today about inflated salaries. It's a big problem in Silicon Valley. Since you're dealing with these same kind of tech people, is it a big problem for you, inflated salaries? Um, yeah, I mean I think I I personally don't like recruiting engineers from San Francisco. Um because I think, like, San Fran, because the talent market's so tight out there, like, they always pay ridiculous salaries. It, it is what it is, though. So I just choose not to source candidates from San Francisco. I source them from places where the salaries are cheaper. Um, and so there's, it's not across the board. It's not a problem across the board. It is just out in Silicon Valley. Is that your answer? Um, uh, Let's pass on. Yeah. What are your final words for the younger recruiters like uh, 
maybe Trevor Max Smith, at least who's new to corporate. Do you have some tips that you see things are going wrong and, and you say, I wish they'd do it this way, and you just want to leave us with that? Because you know what? We didn't get to all the questions. You're welcome to come back anytime. But for this show, is there something you'd like to say to, you know, to leave us in, in our memory? Parting words. Sure. I will do that. I'm going to leave you with one of my favorite phrases, um, which is be a squeaky wheel because uh, they get the oil. Um, I think recruiters, especially junior ones, are always really nervous to expect stuff from their hiring managers. Um, and that was something I had to get over early on in my career, and it's really served me well. If a hiring manager isn't working with me on filling a role, then that's not a hiring manager who's going to get candidates. So make sure you hold your hiring managers to really high standards and you know, also reciprocate and, and hold yourself to high standards. Okay, if the hiring manager is screwing up, where are you going to go? To his boss and say, look, I, I don't like the way he or she is treating me. You've got to do something. Who's going to win, the recruiter or the hiring manager? Well, I have to have data to back it up. So if, if a hiring manager is taking seven days to give me feedback on a candidate and I'm losing candidates, that's data that I have to collect myself. Right? I can't okay, go but to, then I you're going to have a bad CEO. relationship with that hiring manager. I, I, it doesn't seem like a winning situation. No, I think you have to have a conversation with the hiring manager and say, look, I really want to make this work, but you've been taking seven days to get feedback to me, and this is making it really difficult for, do, for me to do my job. How do I fix that problem? Mm-hmm. You know, Obama's pretty good at those conversations, and maybe you'll get a deal like he got with uh, Iran. And so on that happy note, Caitlin Wilter, take thank I forgot to say, Gary Show coming on now. Caitlin, you have to hang up. Thank you again. Goodbye. You know, uh, the other day when Animal started talking about possibly. Uh, making the what, what's the phrase right sizing his show. I was picturing myself maybe getting into the after show at about a quarter till one. Very, very cool idea. Now it's after one o'clock. Moving into hour two of our commitment to the animal show legacy. I'm out of energy. I'm getting old. I'm an old per. I'm an old man. And I don't know what to do about it. Elder statesman of recruiting. Gosh. I just, time is so precious. Hey, just by the yep. way, I linked that site. Yes, thank to, you. Uh, no, no, no. I just linked it to somebody who I was counseling on some fee agreement stuff. Oh, okay. Uh, yesterday. So it was timely. Timely. Yeah, she, well, uh, cool. She cool. just complimented it, by the way. She said she loved it. Super. Yeah, and, and again, uh, I'm not a lawyer. Those just happen to be, happen to be the forms I use. If if somebody ends up in court or some kind of other uh, legal battle, I'm, <laughs> not respons- I'm not responsible. Good luck. Wait, Jerry, you're not a lawyer. I well, okay, I am. <laughs> uh, I thought Animal's guest here today was was really good. I mean, good show. So I'm going to. People have complained that we don't have a show score anymore. I'm. I'm I'm focused now on right off the bat. What are the show's scores? Just one, one score from zero to a hundred on the uh, on the show today. Uh, hit me with your scores as quickly as you can, and then we'll get into uh, the chitter chatter junk talk. Eighty-seven. Mm-hmm. 
285. 285s there? Yeah. Yep. Wow, okay. Who else? I'm going to give I'm going to give it an 81. Are there only four of us? Come on, It'll people. Be- I know that there's more people that still have the line open. Hmm, that's it. All right. Yeah. Yeah, so a guy called me earlier today, and he's been out of recruiting for a while. It was interesting because he was asking, hey, how have things changed? And some of the questions that he asked just made me realize how it really has changed a lot. Yeah. I mean, for real. You know, he said, you know, are the fees, is it still 30% fee? And I'm like, eh, no. <laughs> 20, you know, 25. And he's like, oh, wow. I'm like, yep. There have been a few companies out of Houston that have approached me uh, for um, technical and sales recruitment. And yeah. just right off the bat, lead with our fee is, oh, I think one of them was 4300 The other one was like 4500 per placement regardless of position. See, I don't. I mean, can, can they do the it? Do they get it industry. done? I mean, is I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I could probably make a placement for forty three hundred bucks if it wasn't a big hassle, and if they really were going to hire somebody, and if I sent them a resume and said, "Hey, you ought to have this guy interview tomorrow," and they did, and they hired him. <laughs> but so but to do battle, yeah, to do so corporate much less battle. expensive nowadays to to work from home. Technology is free. There's open source stuff everywhere. Yeah, it, it opens people up to charging ridiculously low fees. Yes, and, and then when they fail, yeah. then agencies who have uh, a, a genuine expertise at recruiting in that field were now held to the same low ball fee that somebody agreed to. That couldn't come through. Right, and then you spend 50% of your time actually filling jobs and 50% of your time repairing the damage that bad recruiters have done. Those same, yeah. those same companies also cap their recruiters' commissions, though, too. Yeah, I don't know how. That's, that was one of my – sure wish I could ask them these questions. Like, how much are your recruiters actually earning? I mean, I'd like to hear about their business model. Oh, were they an international company? No, it was a company that has actual office space in Houston. So it, it, at least their their address is um, nearby one of our offices. Hmm. I wonder how you could do that and be successful. Just yeah. You would only be able to recruit in the very same field, though, like for each desk. I'll try and find out who it was, but... They're, they're talking about, you know, not just one specific. They're not niche at all. They're all over the place. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. Houston, huh? Mm-hmm. Hmm. How about those Cubs? I mean, that's really all I can think about. Yeah. Fantastic. Great. So, what do you think about them, Alejandro? How are they doing? <laughs> we'll be seeing you guys soon. I hope so. Are you in Mets territory? Yeah, Yeah, I was at the game the other night. It was nuts. Really? With with the Utley deal? Utah, and I'm a Mets fan. Yeah, I I was losing my mind in there. Yeah, you were there when he. uh, I'm telling you, that that is not cool. No, that was in L.A. I was there for for the booing. 
and the yeah, We Want Utley chant. Oh, yeah, that's, that's what brilliant. happens when you have Phillies playing. Phillies are dirty. Yeah, well, this isn't his first incident. Where everybody knows the deal on Utley. Players' polls have named him as one of the dirtiest guys around. Well, what it's is not, this? It's not against the rules, though. It is, but you got to know the rules. Next year. It is against the rules. He never touched the bag. It's interference. But same thing, you got to know how to interpret them. So yeah, yeah. So they play tonight, then, right? Tomorrow, game is five. Tomorrow? Yeah, it's tied two-two. Mm-hmm. And w- which is a shame because we beat Granky and Kershaw the first two times we saw them. And how much more do you want from us? You know, it's those are two tough guys to get ahead on, and we were on top of them both, and we lost that game because of poor officiating. What could I tell you? Yeah, sucks. The Cubs are on their way to a World Series, though. Here, I mean, I, it's let's not. It's crazy. kind of obvious. It's crazy. The game still got to get played. But I'll tell you what, I'm scared of them. They're going to be good for a long time. Dude, they 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 pounded the Cardinals, man. I'm telling you, they, crazy. It was crazy. That I, home I run uh, clinic they put on the other night was unbelievable. Chicago. Unbelievable. What's that? Yeah, that was I would much rather face St. Louis than Chicago. Mm-hmm. Chicago is Chicago's going to be scary for years. What else is happening? Mm-hmm. Animal doesn't like the chit-chat. He thinks that this needs to only be about yet further discussion of Animal in his show, but I say screw all that. Okay, <laughs> hey guys, I gotta go. I got a phone call. I gotta. Yeah, I know. I gotta go I'm too. But off too. go, Cubs. Yeah, uh, make some placements. Uh, get out there and do what we do. See y'all later. Later. See you later. Bye. Don't-